Well, I'm Pastor Eric Anderson, pastor of Global Outreach Community Church in the northeast side of Houston. I'm so glad to be with you today. Hey, today, I just want to encourage you by taking a bird's eye view of the life of Samson. Many of you are fully aware of Samson. He was perhaps the strongest man in the Bible. And even in all of his strength, he had some major flaws, some major weaknesses. And despite his flaws, despite his weaknesses, God still chose to use him. And I want to remind you today, God is not expecting you to be perfect. God uses imperfect people uh, as a part of his perfect plan to usher in the kingdom to give himself glory that it may not only benefit you, but it may benefit others. But I also want to caution you, Samson's flaws cost him everything. Matter of fact, toward the end of his life, it cost him his very life. So although you have sin issues and you have flaws, be very careful how you walk in this life that you allow your flaws to overtake you that you lose everything. In Judges chapter 13, here's a record of Samson's birth announcement. Verse one, it says, now Samson or the sons of Israel again did even the sight of the Lord. So we have this repetitive nature of Israel that God would raise up a judge. They would follow the judge. They would do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But as soon as a judge died, Israel would return back to doing evil. I mean, it's almost like some things we do. God would bless us. We would do right. But then we have a way of turning away from the Lord and going back and doing things in our own eyesight. So we see here that God gave them over to the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And I'm just unpacking this as we walk through it. God has a way of disciplining us as well as teaching us. And God will use the enemy to discipline us. I know we're living in a day and time where we say God will not use the enemy, but he will. He will allow the enemy to come into our lives to teach us as well as discipline us. Then in verse two, there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Menorah, and his wife was barren and had borne no children. Verse three, then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. I want you to know this. Notice this. This angel, this theophany, this pre-incarnate Christ shows up on the scene, gives a birth announcement to Samson's mother as to who Samson will be. Before I move too fast, that shows me that life is valuable at the point of conception, that God has a plan for every believer, for every child that he allows to be conceived. But verse three, it says she had no children. But watch verse four. Now, therefore, be careful not to drink any wine or strong drink, nor eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and give birth to a son. And here is God's instructions. No razor shall come upon his head. For the boy shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall be the deliverer of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. I want you to notice this. God gives the birth announcement to his mother that Samson will deliver the Israelites out from underneath the hands of the Philistines. It's clear. Samson has a purpose and a role for his life. Hey, today, 
hear me, God has a plan and a purpose for your life that you are not born by happenstance, but God in all of his creativity said, you son, you daughter, I have a plan and I have a purpose for your life. And although you're going through hardships right now and you're going through tough times, this is a tough season of COVID-19 and maybe your family is cracking and falling apart. God still has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you and he has a way of using you for kingdom purposes. But you better be careful of your flaws. It was Samson's flaws that got him in trouble, although God still used him. So Samson's life began and end with him displaying flaws. So here's a couple of takeaways. Here's what I want you to write down. I'm big on writing down. First thing is this. Samson had the tendency to focus on the wrong objectives. He focused on the wrong things. In chapter 14 of Judges, he focused on the wrong woman. He didn't know this woman's character, her background, but he focused on what he saw. You know what happens when we focus on what we see? Nine times out of 10, it gets us in trouble. So be careful in this season of focusing on the wrong things. Focus on the things that God has already given you. Focus on God's word. Learn how to focus on God's people, but most of all, focus on God himself. So fo uh, focus drives everything. So here's Samson. He focused on the wrong things, physical appearance, but then he focused on pleasing no one but himself. His parents said, Samson, you don't need this woman. I want her. She looks good to me. And because he focused on himself and no one else, this got him in trouble as it related to his call with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he focused on something that he had no business touching. It was a Philistine woman. She had no character. She had no spiritual upbringing. We knew this because Samson was a Jew and God told him not to intermarry with another nation. So he focused on the wrong objective, the wrong appearance and it got him in trouble. But here's the second thing that I want to caution you on, that Samson did not superintend his leisure time. You know when he got in trouble? When he had too much time on his hand. And we most likely get in trouble when we're bored. We have too much time on our hands. We don't value the time that God has given us. So since we don't value that time, we walk aimlessly. We just walk anywhere and we're not watching how we walk, how we talk and how we treat people. And because Samson was not careful with his leisure time, he got himself in trouble. He laid his head in the wrong lap. And you better be careful about putting your head in the wrong lap because putting your head in the wrong lap will cost you your life. So I guess I would say you need to guard where you walk, guard how you talk, but carefully guard how you navigate through life. And here's the third thing. Samson really didn't take his vow to God seriously. And that's really where I want to end. You have to take your vow to God seriously. He was a Nazarite. Don't touch any strong wine or drink. Don't touch any dead bodies or dead carcasses. And then do not cut the locks of your hair. 
He was hanging with the wrong people at the wrong time. And because he was hanging with the wrong person at the wrong time, guess what happened? He laid his hair in his head in the lap of Delilah. He gave up all his secrets and he got up one day to shake, but there was no power. Why? Because he gave up all of his secrets to his strength to the wrong person. Be careful how you speak in terms of what God is doing in your life to the wrong people. Because when you do that, there's a good chance that you're setting yourself up for failure. But here's what I love about God as I close. God is in the redeeming business. Don't miss this. God is in the redeeming business that even when Samson's flaws got him in trouble, he slept with a prostitute. He touched a dead carcass of a lion. He ate from that lion. He hung with the wrong people. He lost his strength with Delilah at the end of his life. Samson prayed while he was in the grinding mill, a job for women at that time. The Philistines made mockery of Samson, but while they were mocking Samson, his hair was regrowing. His strength was coming back. And Samson at the end of his life was led to the pillow of two walls in the temple. And he told this boy to place me right in the center. And as he was placed in the center, he prayed, thank God for prayer. It's in prayer that we can regain our strength. And Samson prayed and he pushed down the two columns and he killed more in his death and his life. And that shows me that God is in the redeeming business. He is sovereign. He loves us. And although we are flawed, God can use flawed people to accomplish kingdom purposes. So here's where I want to encourage you. You're flawed. I know it. You don't have to tell me. You got some issues with sin, but I want you to be very careful that you don't allow your flaws and your sins to stop you from fulfilling your God-ordained purpose. And here's what I say at our church. You have to remember that your life matters because you matter to Christ. God bless you. And I hope you were encouraged to know that God still uses flawed people for kingdom purposes to reveal his glory.